This episode of Soul Food is brought to you by Nasiha, a Muslim youth helpline dedicated to improving lives one caller at a time. Please visit their website at nasiha.org to find out how you can help during the blessed month of Ramadan. That's N-A-S-E-E-H-A dot org. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to Soul Food episode 14 called Recitation. And in this episode, we're going to look at the reward for reciting the Quran. We're going to talk about the levels of recitation, the spiritual levels of recitation. And finally, we'll talk about the importance of having a commitment to the Quran. There's many ahadith and many, many blessings in the recitation of the Quran. But when we're talking about the recitation of the Quran, It's not just a recitation that is the outward recitation where someone is just reciting it like a parrot, but it's a recitation where the Qur'an is able to permeate your heart and to saturate your soul with its meanings and with its deep blessings and with a deep connection to the speech of the one who is speaking, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God, the creator of the heavens and earth. So there's a great reward in recitation, but I just want you to understand that we're not talking about merely reciting it at the lowest of levels, but that the goal of recitation is to get deeper and deeper levels of meaning, of spiritual depth, and of connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a hadith of the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, in which he says that God has chosen people from among his creation. And the companions, they asked, they said, O Messenger of God, who are these chosen people? Who are the people of God? And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ahlul Quran hum Ahlullahi wa khasatuh. The people of the Quran are the people of God and his most chosen. And that is, if that was the only hadith that existed about the virtue of the Qur'an, it would be enough. But it is one of many, many, many a hadith. So there is another hadith in which the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, says that every letter that you recite of the Qur'an is multiplied and rewarded ten times. And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I don't mean that Alif Lam Mim is one letter, but Alif is one letter, Lam is one letter, and Mim is one letter. So every single letter that you recite is rewarded ten times over. And obviously, words are made up of several letters. So when you're reading an entire verse, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands, of rewards that you are gaining in the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's another hadith in which the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, says again, أَفْضَلُ عِبَادَةُ أُمَّتِي قِرَاءَةُ الْقُرْآنِ That the most virtuous or the greatest form of worship of my ummah is the recitation of the Qur'an. So we've been given this beautiful opportunity in Ramadan. 
Alhamdulillah, this is the month where we all reconnect with the Qur'an. The entire community comes together, whether we're reading it individually, or we're listening to the Qur'an, or we're reading a translation, or we're listening to the Qur'an as we pray in Taraweeh, there is no doubt that we all have a deeper appreciation and connection in this month. And that's a blessing because Allah is giving us that opportunity. He's made it easy for us in the month of Ramadan to gain that deeper appreciation that we should have for the Qur'an. And the relationship that we have should be one that is vibrant and an ongoing relationship. The companions of the Prophet Muhammad, may God be well pleased with them, they love to recite the Qur'an. And that's one of the things that we're trying to communicate in this podcast is that the acts of worship and the things that we do are not things that we just check off on a checklist, but something that you understand the deeper meaning within so that you love to do it. The companions, they loved it. It wasn't like, oh, I need to read Qur'an today. I haven't read Qur'an. I need to do it so I can get it out of the way. They loved to read the Qur'an. They were experiencing the Qur'an. They were enjoying the Qur'an. And we should strive to have our relationship resemble in the same way. There are even, someone might say, well, you know, those are the companions and they're special and they were with the Prophet. There's many, many examples throughout history that there's even one of the righteous scholars who when he would recite the Qur'an is that he would taste the sweetness of honey in his mouth as he was reciting that even the spiritual ecstasy, the spiritual pleasure of reciting the Qur'an became so manifest that it actually presented itself physically in his mouth that he would taste honey as he was reciting the Qur'an. So we have to know that it's the Word of God. These are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that on the day of resurrection, the Prophet teaches us that your fasting and your recitation of Qur'an will intercede for you. They will testify on your behalf on the day of judgment before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the fast will say that I, this person, withheld from food and drink and I testify to that. And the Qur'an will say this person withheld from their selves sleep and rest so that they could engage in the recitation. So that is a, something to encourage us and to keep us going. And one of the most beautiful descriptions of the Qur'an is the description given to us by one of the great scholars of Islam, Imam al-Busiri, in his great poem known as the Burda, the poem of the cloak, in which he says about the verses of the Qur'an, they contain meanings as continual as ocean waves, yet exceed the ocean's treasures in both worth and beauty. Their marvels are uncountable and uncontainable. Even with repetition, this book never seems tedious. The reciter's eyes were soothed by it. So I said to him, you have grasped the rope of God, now hold on tight. If you recite it when the fire's flames overwhelm you, its cool springs of flowing water will put them out. It's a beautiful description of the Qur'an. And that just gives us a deeper appreciation. And that brings us to the next point where Imam al-Ghazali talks about the levels of recitation. And that your heart should really be present when you're reciting the Qur'an. And Imam al-Ghazali says the lowest level 
of properly reciting the Qur'an is that your heart should be present and you should feel as if you are reciting the Qur'an in the presence of God, glorious and majestic. That God is listening to you and hearing you as you are reciting the Qur'an. And if someone really does that with a sense of presence, then it will be transformative. Then Imam al-Ghazali says the next level is to recite and your heart is experiencing that God is speaking to you. That when you recite the Qur'an, you are experiencing it as if God is speaking to you because that is really what the Qur'an is. Because the Qur'an is His speech. But this is a higher level. The first level is that you recite it in front of the Divine. The second level is that you experience the Divine speaking those words to you. Then he says the highest level, and this is the level of the Siddiqeen and the Prophets of the extremely most righteous people said the highest level is that you only become aware of the one speaking and you become overwhelmed by the quran such that you are unaware of everything else that you only become aware of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you become lost in the quran and you're even unaware of anything else in creation another etiquette of the quran that Imam al-Ghazali mentions is that you should hear every warning in the Qur'an as being directed towards you. And this should fill your heart with humility and fear and trepidation. And you should also experience every promise in the Qur'an as also being directed towards you. And this should fill your heart with hope and yearning. So you have this balance within the Qur'an and you should recite with a heart that is present. You're not thinking about other things and that you reflect upon its meaning. And alhamdulillah, in today's world, we have some very good translations. So you can really get a sense of what the Qur'an is saying, although the Arabic is completely inimitable and it is really the true Qur'an, but translations are very helpful. This brings us to the final point, which is the commitment to the Qur'an. Ramadan is like a honeymoon with the Qur'an. You know, when people have their honeymoon and they get married, it's easy to express your love when you have kind of this euphoria of love. That's what Ramadan is for our relationship with the Qur'an. We love to recite it. We love to attend tarawih. And you grow a deep attachment to the Qur'an. But the Qur'an is an endless ocean and we need to give ourselves to it more. And we have this experience in Ramadan. Allah is giving us this experience so that we can cultivate it even more outside of Ramadan. And just like, you know, when you get married or when people get married, you don't just love your spouse only for the honeymoon, but you commit yourselves to them. That it is a commitment and it is not through just those times that you feel it, but that you actually make this deep promise within yourself that I am going to have a deep relationship with the Qur'an outside of Ramadan. So that brings us to the call to action is to make a schedule to read a certain portion of Qur'an every day, even outside of Ramadan. And the easiest way to do that is to connect it to a particular prayer. Whether you read a little bit of Qur'an after Fajr, or you read a little bit of Qur'an after Maghrib, but have a schedule, even if it's just one page a day. The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he taught us that the most beloved acts to God are those that are most consistent, even if it's just a little bit. And then also recognize that quality is greater than quantity. That one of the scholars, he said, Ibn al-Qayyim, he said, when you present 
a king, a precious jewel, even if it's a small jewel, but it is precious and it is valuable, that is more worthwhile than giving that king a lot of worthless gifts. But if your quality is good, even if it's a little bit, it's like a precious jewel. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people of the Qur'an and illuminate our hearts with the Qur'an and make our lives beautified through the lens of the Qur'an and make the Qur'an the spring of our hearts and the serenity that washes away all sadness. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm where you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or by email. If you're on iTunes, please also leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show. 